One of the reasons many believers are not seeing God come through, they do not keep his word and or they deny his name. Dr. Tony Evans talks about how the Lord uses his keys to the kingdom to unlock doors for obedient believers. He wants to know that you are a full-time Christian, not a part-time saint. This is The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans, author, speaker, senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and president of The Urban Alternative. A lot of people want to take what Jesus offers, but don't want to follow what he says. Dr. Evans takes us to Revelation 3-7 today as he explains why that strategy doesn't work. Let's join him. When you audit a course in college, what you are saying is, I want the information without the responsibility. I want to learn whatever the course is seeking to teach, but don't give me homework and don't give me exams. Well, in college, you need to know that when you audit a course, you don't get credit for it because you didn't put in what the course required. And when you audit the Christian life by coming to hear the word, to be inspired and encouraged by the word, but to not act on the word that you've heard, you may have more knowledge and you may be more inspired, but you won't be changed. Because the transformation in the life through the word has to be activated by obedience. Without that, it becomes information with no credit. That is no transforming value. We're now at the sixth church that the Apostle John has written. The church at Philadelphia. This is the first Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. And Jesus, who is the spokesperson through the shepherd of each one of these churches, speaks through this leader to the saints at Philadelphia Bible Fellowship at the church in Philadelphia. And notice what he says. Verse seven, he who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut and who shuts and no one opens, says this. He wants to give another description of himself, which he has done in each of these churches. And he describes himself as he who is holy and true. Holy means to be set apart as unique, special, or one of a kind. I describe holy often in using the difference between dishes in the sink, dishes in the kitchen, and dishes in the dining room. The dishes in the sink are dirty. They are dirty dishes. That's why they're in the sink. The dishes in the kitchen are common dishes. You use that for all of your meals. But the dishes in the den, well, they got their own room. They got their own glass case because they are special. They're not integrated with the common and they're certainly not integrated with the profane, the dirty. No, that's special. They come out on special occasions. Jesus says, don't put me in a room with anybody else. Don't make me another one of the people you recognize. I'm not just a good person. I'm not just a great prophet. I am holy. I am not only holy, I'm also true. Truth has to do with ultimate reality. I'm the real deal. Anything that contradicts me is false and is a lie and cannot be trusted. 
So you are to measure everything by the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So everything is to be measured by its inconsistency and compatibility to me. And if it's incompatible and inconsistent with me, it's wrong no matter who told it to you, how long you believed it, and how well you know it. I am truth. I am holy and true. Not only am I unique and set apart, not only am I ultimate reality, but now he gets to the nitty gritty. He says, I have the key of David. Now to appreciate what he's talking about, this is drawn from Isaiah chapter 22, verses 15 to 25. The steward of the house of David, the kingdom, house of David, David was the king of Israel. It uses that to speak of the kingdom. The key belonged to this steward, but the steward did not do the right job. So he was uh, fired. And when he was fired, a new steward replaced him. This new steward was Eliakim, and Eliakim was given the key to the kingdom. Not given a key, he was given the key. Jesus says, I possess the key of the kingdom of David. That is, I have the kingdom key. Notice it's a single key because it's a master key. Anybody who possesses a master key can get in any door. All the doors are available to him because he has a master key. So when the Bible speaks of the key, it speaks of two things, access and authority. So Jesus claims access to any door and authority over every door. Let me say that again. Jesus, the one with the key, the master key, has access to every door, which is what a master key gives you, and authority over every door, which is why he says he can open the doors he wants to open and lock the doors he wants to stay locked because he is in charge. Now, if you and I don't get that, we're going to think people are in charge. We're going to think power brokers are in charge. We're going to think folk with money are in charge. We're going to think folk with clout are in charge. They may have a key, but they don't have a master key. They may have a key to a door. They don't have a key to every door. Jesus says, I control the kingdom because I have control of the master key. Or as he says in Matthew 28, verse 19, he says, all authority has been given to me, not only in the sweet by and by, but in the nasty here and now. Now, in Matthew chapter 16, he says, I'm going to build my church. And I will give my church the keys to the kingdom. Watch this now. Jesus says, I have the master key. That's one key that can unlock any door. But I'm going to give to my people, the church, I'm going to give them the keys, plural, to the kingdom. When you use the right key, he'll back it up with the master key. But when you use the wrong key, the master key can't back you up because the master key can only be consistent with the keys that he's given us. Let me put it another way. If you skip God's way to get it done, whatever it is you're trying to get done, then don't just call on God to use his master key when you've ignored the key he gave you. He does not want you to skip the responsibility he's given you and simply call on him because he got the master key. He wants to know your keys are consistent with his key. 
I will give you the keys to the kingdom. Well, what is that? It's authority. I'm going to share my authority with you when you are consistent with me. So what's the problem? He says in verse eight, I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut. Because you have little power and have kept my word and have not denied my name. Oh, watch it. In order for his key to work for you, for me, and for his church, he says, you must have kept my word, obeyed me, and not denied my name. So one of the reasons many believers are not seeing God come through is because they do not keep his word. They come to church and hear it, but they do not keep his word and or they deny his name. They don't want to be publicly associated with him. He says to them, you have little power. People don't know who you are. They don't appreciate who you are. They don't respect who you are. You don't have what people view as substantive, significant, and worth applauding. But he says, I have set before you an open door. Even though folks say you are a nothing and a nobody, I have set before you an open door. And when I open this bad boy up for you, the folk with the name, with the money, and with the power will not be able to shut it. But the way I will open the door and the reason I will open the door for you, your life, your world, and your ministry is because you have obeyed my word and have not denied my name. See, we got folk wanting God to open doors while they are ashamed to bear his name. Notice you can't deny his name. You can talk about God all you want. You can talk about God this and God that. That's not his name. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, not this generic God. No, no, no. Yeah, God is there, but God has bequeathed or delegated everything to his son. It is at the name of Jesus every knee bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. So if folk don't know your relationship to Jesus, you have denied his name, even though you may be talking about God bless you all day long. You haven't denied my name. Jesus says, when you deny me on earth, I will deny you before my father who is in heaven. When you confess me on earth, I will confess you before my father who is in heaven. So if you are ashamed of Jesus Christ and don't want to be publicly associated with him, forget open doors. You can open your own door. He says in verse 9, you have kept the word of my perseverance and I will also keep you from the hour of testing, the hour that is about to come upon the whole world. He told him in verse 9, behold, I've caused those in the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. I will make them come and bow down at your feet and make them know that I have loved you. Whoa. <laughs> he said all those false folk out there synagogue of Satan. They, they go to church, synagogue, but they're of the devil. Just because you're in church, synagogue, doesn't mean you of the Lord. There is a synagogue of Satan. All right? Religious talk doesn't mean a thing. He says, but I'm going to let them know that I have loved you. Even though you got a little power, 
I'm going to let them know you got more power than you look like you have. Dr. Evans will come back with a great illustration about that in just a moment. First, though, we're getting close to wrapping up his current sermon series, The Jesus Challenge. And I want to tell you about a fantastic set of resources we put together for in-depth follow-up. The eight lessons in The Jesus Challenge teach us how to set higher standards, deepen our convictions, reinforce our faithfulness, and live like overcomers. And that's the same focus of the second component of this special offer, the Living as an Overcomer book, workbook, and Bible study DVD, all designed to help you experience victory over sin and prevail in your present circumstances. These resources are yours as our thank you gift when you make a donation to help keep Tony's teaching on this station. And if you do that right away, we'll include another bonus that's sure to be beneficial, a short four-part message collection on downloadable MP3s called In Pursuit of Godliness. These messages will take you deep into Scripture to explore how God allows us to approach Him and reproduce His goodness in our own lives. This is one of the biggest offers we've ever made, and the entire package can be yours with our gratitude for your support. Find out more at TonyEvans.org or call us at 1-800-800-3222 where members of our resource team are available day and night to help with your request. That's 1-800-800-3222. I'll have that contact information for you again after the second part of today's teaching. Here's Dr. Evans once again. Maybe you remember the story about a big dog and little puppy. German Shepherd and a poodle were standing at a door and big dog, the shepherd, looked at the poodle and said, you, you little puppy, you can't do much. Look how small you are. Say, look, look at this door. I wonder how long it would take you to get open this door because I can open this door. I can open this door quickly because I'm big and, and I can reach the knob. You can't even reach the knob. In fact, let's have a contest. Let's see who can open the door the quickest. Little puppy said, okay, you, you go first, big dog. German Shepherd jumped up on the door, got his mouth around the knob, and put his, put his mouth all around the knob and started twisting at the knob. And after about two and a half minutes of working the knob, he got the door open. And then he pulled it shut and he said, beat that, a little puppy. Because big dog didn't show you. You can't even reach the knob. Your turn. Little puppy came up to the door, gave a small bark, scratched the door. The man on the inside came and opened it. Because see, when you know who's on the inside, you ain't got to go through all that. So don't don't let it bother you if you're a little puppy. Because if you know the Lord, he's got the key. And he can open up what the big dogs can't help you with. If you're in a situation and the door has not yet opened, he says, consider it a test. And he says, and I'm going to walk you through the test until I reverse it. He says, I'm going to make your enemies your footstool. Nothing makes God real than when he reverses the irreversible. Nothing makes God more real than when he flips something that looked unflippable. Nothing made God so powerful to you when there was no way out. You were trapped. The devil was looked like he was running the whole show. 
and then he reverses it. But you may say, but, but I don't see him doing anything. Oh yeah, well look at the next verse. He says, you're going through this test and I'm going to keep you through this hour, but I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have so that no one will take your crown. See, when God is silent, that doesn't mean he's still. I know you don't see him doing anything. I know it looks like you're just waiting for nothing. But God likes to come in suddenly. He likes to break in when you didn't expect it, when you didn't think there was any way that this thing could ever get better, that this trial could ever end. He loves to do something suddenly. And the reason why he likes to do things quickly or suddenly is so that when it happens, there is no debate on who caused it to take place. Because it, it came out of nowhere. Quickly. You wonder, where did that come from? And it becomes inextricably clear that this was heaven invading history. He wants to blow your mind. And so, boom, he comes through suddenly. Make sure you're obeying and not denying. You hold fast to your obedience and non-denial and at his time, suddenly. And now he gives us his final statement. He who overcomes Overcomes what? The tendency to give up. He who overcomes the tendencies to stop obeying and to stop denying. He who overcomes, look at this. I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. He will not go out from it anymore. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and my new name. You see the word, that word, name, 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 name. I'm going to make you a pillar in my temple. A temple is God's house. Galatians 2.9 says that Peter, James, and John were the pillar of the church. They were holding up the church. In other words, he speaks of these people who overcome the propensity to give up as being in closest proximity to God. Jesus said in St. John chapter 2, verses 23 to 25, it says many believed on him. Many believed on him, but he would not commit himself to them because he knew what was in them. They got saved, but they had not yet got committed. They were on their way to heaven, but he couldn't use them on earth. They were forgiven for their sins, but they didn't want folk to know that they were Christians. They went to church, but they wouldn't obey the word. So they believed in him, but he wouldn't make no commitment to them. He wants to know that you're all in, that you're a full-time Christian, not a part-time saint. He wants to know that you will not deny him and that you will obey what he has commanded. And he says to that one, I will give him a name. You know, when you, when people go to the cowboy game, there are folks who are sitting in the stands. We don't know their name. Now they're in the location, but we don't know their name. When it comes to the players, we know their names kind of, sort of. Because if I were to ask you to name the name of the right God, many of you couldn't do that. If I ask you to name the name of the punter, many of you couldn't do that. But now when we upgrade and start talking about wide receivers and quarterbacks and running backs, well, you know those names because those names have achieved a greater name in publicity because of the role they play on the team. But then, not only do you have the folk in the crowd and uh, the folks on 
on the team, some more nameless than others, some with a higher name, you got the ring of honor. In the ring of honor, those are folk who've made a name. You see, the players come and go, but the folks in the ring of honor stay there because over time, they held fast. Over time, they played the game. Over time, they didn't quit when they were injured. Over time, they stayed committed to the task. In fact, their name is not only in the ring of honor, their name is in Canton, Ohio, in a bust in the Canton Hall of Fame so that generation after generation will know who their name was. God has a lot of Christians that are in the stands. They just show up to watch the game. All they want to see is what the choir is singing and what the preacher is preaching and they just come for the show. But then there are some folk in the kingdom of God who don't want to just stay in the stands. They want to get on the field. They serve in ministry. They help other people. They give to the advancement of the cause of the Lord. And then you got some superstars. Those are the ring of honors. Oh, it's not just the people who you know their name. It's folk who are the unknown folk, but you can count on them. You can depend on them because they are forever holding their role, loving the Lord, serving the saints, giving to the Lord, and giving glory in their witness for the Lord. So I want to challenge you today. If you want God to put you in the ring of honor, if you want when he hears you and sees you to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. If you want him to call you out of the crowd and let all of heaven know you're one of his choicest servants, I challenge you to leave the stands, to come on the field. Now, I want to tell you the truth. You're going to get blocked a little bit on the field. You're going to get tackled a little bit on the field. But when they start handing out Super Bowl rings, you're going to get a Super Bowl ring because you are a Super Bowl saint. So let's get busy glorifying the Lord, obeying the Lord, not denying the Lord. Because if you are an obedient saint who does not deny him, you are an overcomer. Dr. Tony Evans, wrapping up a message he calls a challenge of obedience. Now, we only had time to share about half of Tony's lesson today, but you can get the complete full-length message as a part of his life-changing sermon series, The Jesus Challenge. As I mentioned earlier, we're offering all eight messages in this collection on CD or digital download, along with the Living as an Overcomer book, workbook, and Bible study DVD, plus the four-part In Pursuit of Godliness message collection on downloadable MP3s. It's a huge package of life-changing resources, and it's our gift to you with our thanks when you make a contribution in support of Tony's ministry. Give our Resource Center a call at one 800 800 to get the details and make the arrangements. Or visit us online at TonyEvans.org. And while you're there, check out your invitation to take part in our upcoming November cruise with Dr. Evans to the Mexican Riviera. Details are waiting for you at TonyEvans.org or by phone at 1-800-800-3222. Dr. Evans says it's pretty easy to spot a Christian who looks the part, but not as easy to spot one who lives the part, a believer who is the real deal through and through. You'll discover how to become that kind of disciple tomorrow as we explore Jesus' challenge to be authentic. 
Right now, he's back with this quick but important word. You can hear a Bible lesson like the one we just brought you and go on with your day like nothing happened. Or you can take an honest look into your heart and ask, what does God want me to do with this? If you're already a Christian, well, you've got the Word of God and the Holy Spirit inside to help you find the answer. But if you're not, the first step before anything else is to take the Lord up on His offer to forgive every mistake in your past, no matter how many or how bad, and to make you new from the inside out. That can happen for you today when you admit you can't be perfect on your own and ask Jesus Christ to become Lord of your life. I put together a video that explains how it works. To see it, just go to my website, TonyEvans.org, and click on the Jesus link. I picked out some free follow-up resources for you as well. I hope you'll check them out today. The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans is brought to you by The Urban Alternative and is made possible by the generous contributions of listeners like you. 